So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. WWE smashing records over in the UK. This stadium show coming up in September looks like it's going to be a very, very big deal. Massive numbers of tickets already bought on the pre-sale for this show. We'll talk about the expectations for it and what we can expect. Plus, we have some big shakeups on Monday Night Raw. Babyface is going heel, heels going babyface. What do we got here? Let's talk about it. Plus, Tony Khan teasing another big announcement. He, he likes this idea of teasing things. And pay attention. I'm going to tell you something on television. I could tell you on the internet. All right, we'll get to that, and we have a lot more fallout from last night's AEW Dynamite. Satnam Singh, who is he, and why did he make such a big splash at the end of this week's Dynamite? We'll talk about that. Pat Buck, formerly of WWE as a producer, now apparently with AEW. It's another backstage jump you didn't see coming. We'll talk about it on today's top story of the day. Sports Kid Wrestling, smash the like or you stink. Smash the link or you stink. Get in there. Sing it with me now. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. I like that Jeremy does the bass. I like that. Watch out. He's a bear. As long as he doesn't go metal. Watch out. There we go. We got a lot to get into. It's a Thursday edition of Top Story of the Day. Uh, if you're watching live, I can see how many of you are watching live. I challenge you all now in the next three seconds, we'll five seconds, five seconds, to hit the like button. Five, four, three, two, one, boom, and see what happens, all right? All of you hit it at the same time and see what happens. All right, it really helps us climb up the old proverbial ladder of algorithms. A lot of news to get into today. If you've never done it, get into the conversation and get on screen. I see some diehards. I see the Watch Out Gang in the chat. I love that. I love the people who are riding hard with us every single day. Uh, we will talk about Satnam Singh. Uh, some people saying he made, he did make a big splash. That was awful. We'll talk about that uh, and a lot more. Uh, let's get right into our leadoff story here. WWE announces this huge show yesterday in the UK. It is a big, st- it is a big deal, especially internationally for WWE. They've been doing some tours uh, since things have opened up last spring. Uh, you know, periodically they've been doing tours uh, since the pandemic is broken and there's been a desire well beyond those two, the, 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 those tours themselves, isolated in arenas and WWE television shows in UK arenas. They want a stadium show. The UK fan base has demanded a stadium show on par with the 1992 SummerSlam, which was headlined by British, British Bulldog and Brett, the Hitman Hard. Very memorable show. Anytime I talk to UK fans, I talk to my buddies over at Ministry of Slam. I run into the dudes from What Culture at WrestleMania. That was a source of discussion. That was a big deal, something they talked about. Now, the show gets announced, pre-sale goes on sale, and they smash a pre-sale record with this show. The Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales, has already uh, had 59,000 pre-sold tickets for this show. 
and a, and a venue that could apparently seat around 78,000. So that means when these tickets go on sale to the open market later this week, they're going to be gone fast. That's a big yeah. deal. It is, it's a huge deal, right? I mean, Alex McCarthy from TalkSport uh, putting up the information on, on the <clears> potential <throat> pre-sale um, t- uh, pre- pre-sale tickets that were sold uh, ahead of the stadium show, 59,000. That's the biggest pre-sale record within WWE for any event, including WrestleMania. That is a huge deal. So, I mean, so by the time these things are on sale, it's a good possibility that they might be gone, right, Jeremy? Yeah, it, it looks that way. You know, we had even people in the chat yesterday mentioning how uh, they've already got the hotel lined up and everything. So it's a big deal to everybody there. Uh, and uh, even in the article, just said what I'd brought up uh, yesterday. Uh, there is talk of uh, Tyson Fury coming back to face Drew McIntyre. So uh, that's already uh, been kind of a thing that's been uh, planted on the internet between the two guys. So I, I fully expected it to happen. And it looks like that could be a reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a massive deal it's another sign of wwe's international dominance in the world of professional wrestling and just as uh, an entertainment partner they have people they have arenas and venues and different people that will partner with them because of their proven success as much as people would like to see wwe toppled and have some real challenge they have a challenge from aew they really do but it's really just domestic the, the, you're not going to be able to go over to europe and do what wwe's doing not after right last now. night not, not after, after last, last night, night. <laughs> Not after last night. And we'll talk about last night with AEW and some certain things that seem like a setback with them. Uh, we'll get into that. But this is a big deal. You guys mentioned the Drew McIntyre-Tyson Fury match. What's another big match you think they could be built up to? Because this could really be the show with a ton of fallout from it from SummerSlam. SummerSlam is going to be at the end of, Ju- uh, end of July. That will be at the Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Tickets are moving pretty well for that. But, you know, we're a little bit more jaded here in the United States. That show is probably about, I would say, 60 to 40 percent sold from what i've talked to and people i've talked to secondary market for it is pretty strong the show will sell out it'll sell fairly close if it doesn't sell it'll get very very close to that um but you can see the demand here in the uk do you almost want to hold out a bigger match for the uk show as compared to the SummerSlam show in the states i mean SummerSlam's a big deal but this is the first time you've done this in 30 years it almost seems that way, right? It almost seems like you have to have another secondary big, a, a few big matches, not just a secondary one. You need to no. have a few big matches in order for the, for for this premium live event to you know to be featured in in the same category as WrestleMania. So we, we talked about Tyson Fury. We talked about Drew McIntyre. What if Tyson Fury can't make it? Then Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Cody. I don't know. There's a lot of factors. Maybe we have Brock again by that point. I mean, maybe Brock is featured in, a, in, in another spot. Uh, that would make in complete that sense. Show. Yeah, so uh, so there's sense. a lot of factors that we still have some time to figure out between now and then. But uh, I, I'm definitely thinking that we are going to get Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury at some point. Um, we just have to see how it comes together. If it's going to be on the road to SummerSlam or right after SummerSlam. I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, there, there's so much to go between now and then. It's hard to really predict what kind of card we're going to look at outside exactly. outside of matches like that. We don't know what's even going to happen. You know, we, we don't even know what's going to happen for uh, uh, Hell in a Cell, let alone uh, SummerSlam two months later. So uh, it, it, there's a lot that could go on. A lot can happen. Uh, there's a lot of people that could come back. There's a lot of people that could get hurt. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to tell at this point. Uh, I really hope it's just not a lot of SummerSlam rematches, though. That'd be kind of a shame for the UK crowd. Uh, I yeah. think they need to have their own show. 
Uh, and the thing is that they're vocal <laughs> enough about it to let you know that they are not going to take that shit. Like yeah. if they if if they start seeing the, the the same matchup from SummerSlam or something that's boring them or getting their interest out, they will be very vocal in letting you know. Yeah, I, I think I think they can create something special for this show. The UK talent has to be featured prominently. I think that's the thing. The sense I get the same way we're seeing uh, such a big international response to what AEW did last night, featuring an Indian talent, featuring an Indian talent in a prominent position at the end of the AEW show. That's the reason that was done. We'll get into why that was done. But WWE's done it as well, and also made waves when they did it. You know, you saw. India blow up when Jinder Mahal won the world title. They lost their minds for that. Uh, I saw UK people that I, I never talked to about wrestling in years that I'm friends with hit me up and say, Drew McIntyre, the Scott won the, 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 the world title at <clears throat> WrestleMania. And that was when, you know, no fans were there. Representation means something, especially when you're a big international company that's on television mm -hmm. and people can Absolutely. you know pick out their favorites, but having someone from your country win something in the United States, it means a lot more. It has weight. It had, it has, credibility uh to what the, what the the genre of professional wrestling can be when a majority of it still even though WWE is a fairly diverse and international company and so is AEW is still seen as really an american north america mexico type thing for a lot of other people around the world maybe japan a little bit but outside of that in europe it's sporadic there's sporadic waves of people that like wrestled them but in the uk they have a diehard audience that will buy tickets that want things you know, they had progress. They had ICW. The indie scene was popping off there really hard a couple of years ago. Uh, and hopefully that comes back. So there is a desire in other pockets of the world. And then you have WWE doing things like they're doing in Saudi Arabia, where it's lucrative for them to go and do it. It's it's a hot market that wants Western American pop culture. And they're paying a lot of money for it, right? So this is another case where I hope WWE does more stuff like this. You know, I would love to see them do more stuff like this in Latin America. I'd love to see them do more stuff like this in Asia. It, it Also, for us watching here, it makes it more exciting. It's a different flair. It's a different presentation. It's a different vibe. I'd be, I'd be way down for it. Josh was saying the tickets aren't on sale yet. I've signed up for the pre-sale tickets and haven't heard anything about tickets yet. Uh, you know, hang in there, Joshua. You got to keep an eye on this. On this, I think there's going to be a lot of people getting their tickets on the secondary market for this show. There's going to be a lot of resale prices. You're going to be praying a pity penny for this. Uh, Ricky J. Pal saying, hey, guys, I'm from England. I will be going to the UK pay-per-view. Ricky, congrats to you, buddy. Hit us up if you're going to the show. We're happy uh, for you, Ricky. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, we got, we got V1 this. here. We got V1 in the city that will be hosting this big, giant pay-per-view, which still doesn't have a name just yet, in Cardiff, Wales. So shout out to you guys as well. Uh, go Red Dragons down there. All right. So let's get into our next story here, gentlemen. Uh, we have some changes on Monday Night Raw, uh, a flip between baby faces and heels and some different changes that still have yet to be implemented. What do we know here? According to PW Insider here, uh, Alexa Bliss, who's been away for now a little while, just uh, got married to Ryan Cabrera last weekend. She's currently listed as the number two Raw babyface behind Bianca, Bianca Belair, while Rhea Ripley is at number three, but we all expect Rhea Ripley to turn heel sometime soon. Apparently she was not at raw this past week because of possibly having COVID uh, in the heel side of things. Becky Lynch listed as the top heel um, and uh, followed by Carmella and Zelina, uh, Queen Zelina following that. And, um, <clears throat> and so those are your, basically your top three 
heels on uh, the uh, and faces on the on the women's side there. Uh, we had mentioned kind of the babyface side. I think it was more more or less SmackDown though, where we talked about Ricochet about a month or two ago being way high up there. Now all of a sudden, and then of course after that report came out, he won the Intercontinental Championship. So uh, that's kind of how it looks on the uh, the women's side right now. But I think it's going to be a huge shakeup whenever that tag team title match happens because we all expect Ripley to turn heel and possibly join Edge's faction. Is that too predictable at this point? Is that become so much of a talking point that it's just a matter of when, not if? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because even in that report that Jeremy was just uh, talking about, they list Zelina Vega as a heel, but then like what she just did over the last two weeks, turning on Carmella, kind of almost gives her a little bit of a baby face (laughs) heel. So she might be in between. So it's kind of interesting. They may they they may flip. Yeah, they may flip those two after after the after Rhea turns. Exactly. Mm. So, uh, so, uh, so I think a lot of a lot of the stuff that's being reported, I think, is still being fluid with everything still kind of building up to backlash. I think once we get to backlash, we may have a, a better idea on who's who and what's what. But um, it, very interesting, very interesting report. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, we'll have to see how things kind of play out. I would like to speculate more, but it just seems like there's just so many moving pieces there that trying to go that far ahead would be a little weird. I do think Bianca Belair is your top female baby face on Raw. Makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Uh, I think Charlotte Flair doesn't ever need to be a baby face again. She has nuclear heat everywhere she goes. She knows how to will it. Every time people deride her, she ends up having the best match on the show. She did it at Money in the Bank. So uh, I I think, you know, there's some things you shouldn't change. Some things do need to change. You know, Uh, I, I think... You look at you look at some of the. I like to see the street profits go a little bit heel. I think they've been. I've been. I think they've been a little cozy. I they've been the teasing that, a, but they've been teasing it. But I'd like to see them, you know, <clears throat> sink their teeth into something different there. Yeah. Uh, no, Chris Jackson, you rule. Thank you so much for sending on the comment. I appreciate it. Uh, and and we've seen it on NXT where they have a lot more fluidity, where they can really change things there quite a bit because they're trying to develop talent. That I wouldn't mind it on the lower mid card level. You know, I mean, there's some of those those top tier acts are set in stone. Bianca Belair, she need, doesn't need to change. Charlotte doesn't need to change. Roman Reigns doesn't need to change right away, you know, but do some different things. Like, oh, bringing Shinsuke up. That's a great idea. He's a credible guy. They've always wanted to do a him and Reigns like solo program. And even if he doesn't get the belt off of him, he's a legit guy. You could buy him being a challenger. He's been in the mix for such a long time. So there's some things they have that they haven't pulled the trigger on that are post-WrestleMania that I want to see happen now. A ricochet really have a strong run with the Intercontinental title. You know, there's some things they haven't done that you got to hold off until after WrestleMania, so you don't, you know, burn the entire uh, the the load of bullets he has. That will that will require the Intercontinental title to be featured on premium live events. <laughs> yeah, so. I, exactly. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Demand it. I see by I see title on on the PLE. Uh, let's get into this Tony Khan. He's teasing another announcement. Mm-hmm. He's teasing another announcement. Another one. Another major announcement. Uh, Jeremy, we have to tune into television. We have to tune in and watch these announcements on television, right? Is this too much to uh, with, with Tony with the tease? But I get it. You have a you have a diehard audience. You want to leave them captivated and wanting more. You reveal things on television. You get people to watch and be attentive. It makes complete sense. I I, I get the logic behind it. I don't question the logic behind it, but I'm just are you are you pushing my patience with some of these things? I don't know. It's not that big of a deal, though. It's a it's a petty it's a petty critique by me. It's, I know that. I I got my own two cents on that, but let's let's hear a little bit about the story, Jeremy. Uh well, there's not much to the story. There's just a a big surprise uh, that is going to be um, announced on Dynamite. I think it's going to be one of two things. Uh, it's either going to be the the signing of Claudio 
uh, formerly known as Cesaro. Um, he uh, recently did a name change on Instagram. Makes me think he is about ready to come back to TV. I think he's either going to uh, maybe start with AEW, maybe come to Ring of Honor. He has never won the Ring of Honor world title. I think that's one thing he probably wants to do now that that uh, brand is secure in the future. It's either going to be that or uh, they may have the uh, finally have an announcement with the Ring of Honor television deal. That could be another thing that it could be possibly as well. It could be a myriad of different things. You know, we're still waiting be. on official official word about the video game that we haven't heard anything about yet. Uh, I mean, we know we we heard the report this week that that game is coming out in September. So there's a bunch of different things here. I, I get I get it though. AEW, and this is not a shot. AEW's audience is not as big as WWE's audience. So you constantly have to. How dare and, you, and, Kevin? How? Oh my god! Dare you? Oh my god! I said I. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? Um, but you have to motivate that audience to constantly watch live. You're fighting for every quarter hour of television that you can to sustain that audience sometimes when you, when re- great wrestling is already expected. All right, well, do I have to watch it live? I didn't catch Dynamite live last night. All right, I'll catch it on later. You know, and, and so you have to do little things like this that, that on the surface are little, you know, but in practice are much, much bigger. So I get what they're going for. But the thing is, you do these big announcements all the time. Eventually, those announcements don't live up to the announcements you've already made. It becomes an attraction that you sell and saying that an announcement is a big, big deal, right? That if you're in with us and you ride with All Elite and you're only All Elite and we give you these announcements, they have to ride here. Now, speaking of big things that they've done, last night's Dynamite has a a very eventful main event uh, involving Samoa Joe making his AEW debut. I want to make one more thing, one more comment on the Tony Khan thing. You got to remember, he's only been on camera twice in ever on dynamite so this is going to be number three so at the same time while you think he's making a lot of big announcements he's not really been doing it in person this is only the third time he's going to be on camera for something that's true but also when from 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 another standpoint when you read all the announcements that he does on Busted Open. Oh, right? yeah. He's we're we're going always... to have an announcement next week. Oh, yeah. We're going to have another announcement. We're going to have a major announcement next week. It's no it's different. Than, yeah, and it's no different than WWE hyping this as yeah. the best show ever. It's hyperbole, here's, and that's part, part of the, of the business. The growing, the growing pain of that is we get jaded and tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that, that's part that's part of the process, right? Yeah, yeah he that's, that's he's a, he gets a little excitable on busted open, yes. Uh, but I, I'm and, on the radio every day, and I'm selling the same concert for four or five months. Yeah, I gotta find a different way to talk about it. Yeah, I can't yeah. just say <laughs> Alice Cooper's coming to the BOS Center October. Yeah, 1st. He, he does say really boring. Yeah, he does say. By that the way, have, guys, we got another major announcement. Stick in the next three minutes after commercial yes. break, so you guys find out exactly what that is. Yeah, but it's more it's not it's not the fact that he's making a lot of announcements. He he just hypes it up as like the best show ever. That's what he does too much of. When it comes to big announcements, I mean, this is his third time on TV. That he's not really burning that into the ground. What he's burning into the ground is the fact that it's going to be the greatest show ever. He does that just a little too much on Busted Open. But when it comes to announcements, that's a whole different thing. And uh, you know, the last time he did it, he bought Ring of Honor. So, you know, this is going to be the third time he's on TV. First time was when Brody Lee died. So this is going to be pretty major. Um, I, I don't, don't deny know that at all. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know though. And I don't know if Claudio is major enough for him to show up on TV. I don't, that's where I don't think that's going to be what it is. It's probably going to be either a streaming deal or a ring of honor television deal at this point. 
Um, a streaming it, deal would be the biggest thing they could. Because if it's video game, re- if it's video game related, I'm assuming Kenny Omega is going to come back to announce that. I don't think Tony Khan would mention that really. I think that's going to be more of a Kenny Omega announcement. So I think it's gonna it's it's gonna have something to do with when Ring of Honor debuts on Warner Media or hey, uh, you know, next pay per view, uh, which is what Double or Nothing at Vegas, yes. I think. Uh, hey, that's going to be on HBO Max. You know, I think it's going to be something major like that. I don't think it will be that Cesaro. Would be awesome. Incredible. That be incredible. would be incredible. Huge. It, it's worth noting because HBO he... Max is an on-demand service. There's nothing on it that's linear or live, right? Yeah. Where you get a live stream. But yeah. they did sign a deal. Yeah. With U.S. Soccer for live sports. Yeah. That so they they're going to have a component. They'll have a component. So they're going to have a live component. Yeah, so I take back the Cesaro or the Claudio thing just because he didn't do that for CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. He didn't introduce them, so I don't think he's going to... Or Keith Lee. Or Keith Lee. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be Claudio. I think it has to... It's going to be either streaming deal or ROH TV's debuting at this point. Then I'm on board. You know what I mean? Then I'm on board. You know, but here I I mean, that type of major uh, announcement makes sense. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. I'm I'm the nagging Nancy here saying, give me something I want to pay attention to here. Let's get into this angle they pulled with Satnam Singh. Satnam Singh, former NBA star for the Dallas Mavericks. Am I correct? Was he with the Mavericks? Yeah, that was Mavericks. Yep, you're right. Of course. (laughs) All right, so he makes the jump into professional wrestling. He's quietly been in the AEW fold for a long, long time right now. But, you know, there's this whole pandemic deal. Uh, and he's a massive name for them and certainly a play towards Eurosport, which is one of AEW's largest non-United States TV broadcast platforms. Eurosport also airs New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling, uh, but they give a lot of promotion and, and focus to AEW, which has a lot of big stars on it. So this is a play to have a huge... Um, you know, Pan-Asian star, a huge Indian name featured on the show. Of course, he comes out at the end of the show and lays out Samoa Joe in his debut. So he stinks out Samoa Joe's debut. Joe, Samoa Joe doesn't get to come out and have a five-star classic with Minoru Suzuki, as people were expecting. No, no the match had already ended. Brutal. The, the, mat, the match ended, and it was a fine match, right? Yeah. But you don't get to have that without having something at the end you got to have something that makes you tune in the television at the end so i get a lot once again logic and reason get me to tune in want to see what's happening but the response to this jeremy has not been positive from fans am i correct no when the lights i mean when the i mean i think you know they're maybe overdoing the lights going out or something because when they do that you expect it to be somebody bigger i figured i figured it would be yeah. claudio at that point yeah just because of all the signs pointing to he's coming to tv soon somewhere um and so that they just didn't expect it to be he, this guy, while, you know, this guy's going to be huge globally for the company. Um, it just, the end was not well orchestrated and it was not no. well received. Yeah. It was not a good debut. Um, you, when I'm, when I, I always pay attention to the crowd reaction, the crowd was flat during that, right? Not only that, but before that, during the Marina Shafir match, that match was also very oh, flat. And I and I there made was it a, no I, response at all. And I made a big point. There are some AEW fans that are like, uh, well, she's been on dark and she's been on elevation. I go, yeah, if you look at the numbers though, over 80% of AEW's audience does not watch that stuff. You have to build them on mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. You cannot build them on dark or elevation. Absolute silence, and, that, and that's not good. And that is the number one exact reason why Marina Shafir got no reaction is because Nothing. you have not built her on TV. And, uh, you know, I saw some people trying to argue the point. Well, they, you know, like I said, Ruby Riot has been 
to the to 85% of the AEW audience, Ruby Riot has disappeared. Be like, oh, she's been on dark with Anna J and all this stuff. Yeah, but the fan that watches the most is gonna watch it on cable. If you wouldn't have told me that, I would have I, I would have been like, Where the hell is Ruby Riot? I haven't yep. seen her in months. Yeah, and, and so your major your vast majority of the audience, that's what they have to do better is build them up on rampage and dynamite because otherwise the mass majority of the audience is not going to know what's going on and assume that they're just disappearing and uh, hanging out in the back, you know? So, and that was also kind of the same sentiment from last night when Santum, when Satnam debuted, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that same response where it was just completely flat. I, I bet you 80 to 90% of the fans that were in attendance did not know who this guy was. Nope. Nope. And uh, this was just not the right thing to do. Uh, you don't, you don't. It, and Will Washington from Fightful, he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the one that did the report for Fightful Select. And he says, this is not a wrestler that you do the lights out thing for. Uh, it should have been done some other way. Uh, yeah. So we have some people saying, oh, don't do this. This isn't right. Or don't say this. Oh, come on. It's okay. You can, you can take, you can take one on the chin. And uh, also we haven't seen this guy wrestle yet. I mean, he did some physical stuff, but we haven't seen him go. There is the challenge of a guy that big being, uh, you know, a formidable in ring performer. Obviously they're an attraction. They're larger than life. They pass the old head turn at the airport test. Right. But is this a guy who's going to fit in an AW where everyone has, that go element where, where being able to go bell to bell is a critical part of the presentation of all elite wrestling, being able to put on, you know, the Meltzer five-star classic match. That style is critical to what it is. We have Ricky saying this dude is just an Indian. Almost. I don't think anything bad about almost. I thought almost actually had a pretty good match at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, and that's not, I mean, and, and if you read the, uh, also read the five select report, it's, it, I think he's got a better skill set than almost by far. Uh, he's been sure. training every day. <laughs> uh, he's been training every day for the past eight months. I think he's going to be more of a Braun Strowman type of deal where you don't see everything at first. And then yeah. all of a sudden he unleashes the arsenal progresses over time. Yeah. You know, um, listen, give, give the guy a shot. You know what I mean? Don't just, don't just say, Oh, you're big. You can't move. You can't do anything. That's not fair to anybody. I get I get that on the surface though because it's happened we've we've had so many big guys that are just big right and, yeah. and so I, I get I get that on the surface but don't be so jaded it's not fair to him as a performer yeah it is it you give know him some time give him some time yeah you know, yeah exactly people want to jump the gun and, and criticize it was uh, it was without it, really yeah, seeing anything yeah you haven't seen him in the ring really yet outside of what happened last night and 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 plus the fact that it was not a good debut and not not it was not executed well so that didn't help things either it was not well received i have to make sure you guys i don't ruin the fantasy of of not having a background behind me uh, pat buck <laughs> i know my fridge sometimes sneaks in on the side yeah, there you go pat buck he's been a producer with wwe for several years right now uh he did get he was one of the people that was uh temporarily laid off during the pandemic was brought back into the fold already established himself as one of the strongest East Coast Territories uh, with with Russell Pro and has now uh, left WWE immediately after WrestleMania. He helped produce the main event between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and he's been producing many, many mainstream angles, main event angles for WWE as a producer, as a backstage agent. He has left the company and reportedly has signed on with All Elite Wrestling as a producer. Maybe it's an easier schedule. Maybe it's a different time frame. He did express in a post where he was very grateful to WWE on his exit that he did just have a child and he was looking for a different perspective on life. 
Uh, something makes me think on surface here, this is just a guy who wants a different flow but still wants to be involved with wrestling on the top level. Seems like a pretty parallel move for a guy who doesn't have to be in the ring. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a, it's not as big of a commitment with AEW as it is WWE. Plus, you had an influx of guys coming in. Petey Williams, uh, uh, Tyson Kidd is back now. Uh, you know, you, you had an influx of people coming in. I think Pat said this is a good opportunity for me to leave because, uh, you know, the, the producer role, the agent role is in a good in good hands now. And and on top of that, AEW gets a really good wrestling producer, a really yeah. good agent. And, and so. you, you get a proven guy. You get a guy who knows how to get people to frame mm-hmm. things to camera. Yep. You get a guy who knows how to do segments. He hasn't just done matches. He's done a lot of, like, noteworthy segments that people really loved. He was involved <clears> with <throat> it. And he can get things off the page, whether or not anyone likes this. I can say from talking to people I know close to AEW, some things are being presented to people on the page. And there's some people that are getting a little bit more bullet points that they have to drive home. And I'm not saying it's a fully scripted show, but they're getting things that they have to articulate on the show. Mm -hmm. You need a producer Mm -hmm. to be able to get that out of a talent. I I think too many times, and this isn't really a reflection of Pat, I think too many times in WWE we say the writers are bad, the writers are bad, or this person, or what is the company doing? There's so many times that guys like Pat Buck are critical critical to something being good or strong or flowing the right way uh fit finley has been credited with getting the women where they are in wwe right now and doing it for nearly you know 20 plus years and now getting them to where they are now where all right now we can bring in molly holly and have her as a producer we can bring in we can bring in a a jamie noble and have him produce women's matches and have other these other people that have different levels of expertise it's also worth knowing pat buck wasn't a wwe guy you know, he, he was an independent guy who came into the company. It's a completely different perspective. Great ability to adapt into that system. And just a really great pickup for AEW. Also, when you're not an in-ring talent, the commitment to your family changes. You know, you're not you're not putting that same type of drive into your body. It's more your mind. You're still on the road. Uh, and that's a real commitment and, and good for him. And I also, it's another sign of like how good things are for people that work in wrestling at that yes. top level. Uh, that you can go and work in an AEW, a WWE. There's some time and impact you can do as well. It's it's a good time to be in the wrestling business if you can get yourself a television deal of some kind. Yeah, I think this is a very good uh, pickup for AEW. This is going to be a tremendous asset for them um, mm-hmm. just because of what he's been able to do within the WWE and also what he's done, uh, just like you mentioned, in his trajectory in the independent scene. And as we know, AEW has a lot more independent guys or, or guys that were um, outside of WWE than the actual WWE uh, for, or former WWE guys. So I think this is going to be really good uh, for, for, for their TV um, programming. I think this is going to be good for the wrestlers, for the matches. And I think it's also going to be good from us that consume it from our point of view, because you can, t- if you've been watching this or consume this as much as we do, we mm-hmm. can tell when a, when a match or, or something is produced well, or a segment is produced well. And then when you look it up, he's like, ah, that makes sense. This person produced it. Right. Yeah. I think this is what we're going to get with that buck on AEW. Yeah. And they need it. They need it because there's a lot of matches they have that are like fun and exciting on television, but there's something missing or a certain storyline point wasn't really hammered down or, you know, they need someone who can hammer in psychology into matches. They have a lot of really talented athletes. They need more articulated storytellers. And and so bringing in somebody like uh, with the, the acumen of Pat Buck is the way to go. Completely smart move on AEW's part. Good move on Pat. And great run in WWE. Not a bad run in yeah. WWE. If you go out, main, you produce the main event of WrestleMania, and then, the, you, all right, you know, I've got two weeks off before I start the new gig. Pretty 
He got to take. He got. He got to. He got to take a few bumps on TV too. Yeah, he he did some stuff with uh, Nia Jax as well. He did um, bumps and things like that. Yeah. A uh, quick note from WWE just released SummerSlam tickets going on sale next Friday at 10 a.m. Central for Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the event, of course, is July 30th at the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, uh, where the Titans play. And so those tickets on sale next Friday at 10 a.m. Oh, man, uh, WWE really hammering down. Remember, we heard they were going to do. All those big stadium events, they're serious about it. You know what I mean? Two nights of WrestleMania, plan. Cowboy Stadium, we saw like 78,000 each night. You know, you're doing this now. And are they, are they, they doing the stadium stuff too much? You think they need to do more? I'm a fan of doing it. They look cool. I don't, think, I don't think they're not doing it enough. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to see more stadium shows. I think the stadium shows look awesome on TV. They do. Here's a prediction. Canada, you're <laughs> next. I think I think Canada gets a big stadium hey, show at some it. point. We, got, we, we have some. We got a pretty good solid fan base from Canada, and yeah. I see those comments all the time uh, as well. They they they're yearning for a stadium show over there from the yeah, especially everything here. Uh, we have a lot more content coming up every single week. Top story five days a week here on YouTube, here on Facebook Watch, and available in podcast form as well on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get our show. If you listen to it on any app and you're listening to it right now, you listen for over 30 minutes, go and give us a five-star review. Go ahead and send this link to your buddies. We want to hear from the people that listen to the podcast version of the show. Love hearing from those guys. Thank you to the fans making us the number one wrestling podcast twice this week in Ireland. The number one. We're the number one in all the great 21 counties. Thank you so, so much. Counties. Uh, Acknowledge us. Yes, the counties of Ireland. I'm, I'm very appreciative of you. Very, oh. very much. Uh, I thought you the... meant to say countries at first. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Irish reference. So, uh, no, but thank you to the fans putting us on the charts as well. In the United States, in India, Pakistan, we're number two. Thank you so much. Uh, so much more. Thank you guys for all the support. And for the diehards who are with us every day, you guys are a part of that too. I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't uh, forget that. We'll have some more fun here. We'll do some Freestyle Friday tomorrow. All right, we have some special content coming up after Rampage and SmackDown as Dutch Mantel will stream live with us on the on the stream as he'll be doing Smack Talk. All those available as well uh, just as soon as we can get them up on the podcast feed afterwards. Thank you guys so much. You can follow Jose at Jose underscore G underscore official. You can follow Jeremy Bennett doing his thing with Believe Pro Wrestling covering NXT for them every Tuesday into Wednesday, right? That comes up Wednesday morning, am I correct? Yep, we record after NXT. We'll also set the table for Dynamite and any other big news we'll talk about as well. Uh, but yeah, also cover NXT. Happy birthday to uh, Riku Chipo yeah. over there, uh, but a friend. And uh, you can check him out on Smack Talk as well. Uh, tell him to give me uh, his tater tots. He, he owes me tater tots. Uh, Where are my tots? Call, you, give me your those tots, are, Rick. Those are my tots. Uh, I, I, I heckled him at the WrestleMania Day. We're both wearing suits. He's minutes away from interviewing Becky Lynch. And I go, hey, Rick, give me your tots. <laughs> give me your tots, Rick. I'm like, dude, Becky's coming. Like, you're glistening. You're sweating. Your suit is completely soaked. He's like, shut up, dude. Shut up. Hey. Tell tell them uh, tell them what I told uh, Rick to do. That, this, that's uh, Eric. Eric, me. that's the uh, name that Kenny Bullen gave him one time. Rick Uchipo. Rick Uchipo. Rick Uchipo. Uh, what was that? Yes. I uh, I demanded that Rick ask Becky Lynch to prom. That he should ask her out oh, to prom. God. And he didn't do it. He had a I shot. I would have. He, he probably would have got. <laughs> he probably he, he probably would have got stomped by Rollins. Oh. <laughs> she probably would have said yes. The way that Maybe. she was dressed, she probably would have yes. said yes. Yeah, she was quite the fashion plate. 
Remember, when watching wrestling, you must do the most important thing, which is what, my wrestling friends? Give me my tots. Gosh. <laughs> Give me my tots. You're going to eat your tots uh-huh. and enjoy wrestling. Yeah. Talk to him. Where am I? Acknowledge us. Yeah. <laughs> watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out.